Lights Mediums in Action with me, Martin Litwilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doherty. Good evening or good morning, whatever you are. And it's nice to be here chatting to you, to you again, Martin, and looking forward to the podcast. Yeah, same here. It's a lovely summer's day and we've got, well, we're full of ideas and we're buzzing to get talking about oh, the subject yeah. ahead. So the subject we are talking about today is psychic and the medium. Now, can you be just a psychic? Can you just be a medium? Or are, are you instantly a psychic medium? Because you hear these terms being banded around. I'm a spiritualist medium. I'm an international medium. Uh, I'm a clairvoyant medium. I, so is everybody a psychic medium? Or are we definitely split? So, I mean, my sort of point of view is that if you're a medium, you're definitely a psychic as well. Would you oh, agree definitely. with that, Ian? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, psychic ability is uh, is what necessarily comes first. You know, it's uh, it's the uh, it's the sensitivities. People say, you know, oh, I I just knew what was going to happen. I knew who was on the phone. I had a prophetic dream. You know, all of that type of thing, which is very much psychic because. Uh, People can, you know, when they say, oh, I'm a uh, empath and they feel an illness of people or they feel when a person's moody or down, then that is psychic. Where people tend to get a little bit sort of the Mr. Normas with it is that the, it's the terminology, which is, which is what the podcasts are for, really, to try and take away all the gumph with it all. If you tune into a person, we use that word tune, sort of tune in as a phrase. And let's say you are picking up a person, they've got a bad mood, whether you're picking up any sort of ailments with him, it's called a psychic ability. Yet if you're doing the same with a spirit person who people cannot necessarily see, then it's termed as clairsentience because it's from a year's distance. But in essence, it's the same thing. Most mediumship, when people start, they have a strong clairsentience. So basically, it's taking that psychic ability to that next level. I, and when I say next level, I am not saying that mediums are better than better than psychics. Uh, I have several friends who, in a psychic ability, they would knock your socks off. Absolutely amazing. The medium is very much listening to what the uh, spirit side of life is saying. You know, their guide or guides. And they're talking to people on uh, on behalf of their loved ones who have passed away. Whereas uh, psychic ability, you know, it's doing the divination. We talked about it on the last podcast, doing the tarot, whatever, you know, the pendulum, all of that type of thing, whereby the information is derived either from their, from the psychic zone feelings, as in, oh, this means this. When that happens, it means so-and-so. What the uh, difference, uh, if you could call it a uh, difference, is that loosely psychics are termed not to be fully aware of the, uh, of the spirit side of life as mediums are. That really is the only difference in essence in becoming a medium you have to have a very strong underpinned psychic ability and that's the end of the podcast hope you enjoyed that everybody <laughs> <laughs> sorry martin yeah. no 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 you there's some um, some very very valid points in there ian really good points and uh, one thing I, I totally agree with you and share with you is is that often psychic ability is the, the gateway into mediumship. Some people have these experiences, uh, as you said, you know the telephone is going to ring at any moment, or you know you you have this inclination that something is going to happen. And is that psychic ability or is that prediction? And what's the difference between both of those? So that's the discussion as well to have. Yeah. But I do honestly believe that most people do and can move on. Myself and Ian 
we both have a belief that everyone can be a medium and that all of us have got it inside of us. Now, a lot of the psychic friends that I know are probably like yours, Ian, that they are very, very strong on the psychic side. So they, they, they're probably not as forthcoming towards mediumship than they should be. And they could probably be very good mediums. But yeah. I suppose it's a bit like an oil painter and a pastel painter. If you're very good at pastels but no good at oils, you stick with the pastels, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a I think that's a very, very good, very, very good point. People tend to or will stay in their strong suit. You know, mine is um, visual. You know, I, I, I am very visual. I will I will see a person's loved one who's passed away. I'll see them walking in, walking into the room. And certainly on the on the uh, para, on the paranormal events I've uh, I've been on, it's seeing in such clarity. You know, in the old in the in the garb that they would have worn in whatever time in whatever time period they were actually from. You know, so that was my strength. But my psychic ability sort of uh, it was it was it was always there you know and I and I do feel um, people you know particularly younger you know people growing up childhood maybe around nine or ten or earlier with some people um, it tends to go over where there's a lot of sensitivities you're you're starting to span out into the world you're pushing boundaries you know and uh, you just feel a hell of a feel a hell of a lot more you know that with myself without going into a sob story you know bullied throughout school I had a really bad wicked stutter and uh, I was picked on so I was a little bit sort of introverted as a child but that helped enhance my my psychic ability my sense of se- uh, sensitivities and I was seeing I was seeing people I was feeling people you know the energies and most of it at a time was more of a ghost energy so and I, and I do feel that this is where, where again, people can branch over or push out, shall I say, from psychic ability uh, in relatively comfort in order to go into the mediumship. Working with a ghost energy is purely psychic because you you have to work on feelings. You are not getting told my name is because basically it's a it's an it's an energy signature. So you have to pull the energy. This person feels like this, their personality, whatever. So. You make you make a really good point there because how I've always seen uh, psychic ability and mediumship, and obviously there's the explanations that we've all been taught or what we expect. But I think when I look at psychic ability, what I seem to see with psychic ability as an observer, as as a researcher, is psychic ability seems to be uh, where you interact with the present consciousness and what i mean by that is the consciousness that is here and now and i don't want to say living because as you say ghost is there but ghost is a very fixed it's a very earthly shall we say a grounded energy yeah yeah psychic psychic seems to be connected to let's say uh, a localized energy and that includes whether that people are doing picking up from other people uh, psychically or whether they're picking up on ghost energy it's a very localized energy that they're sensing so it's a close interaction mediumship on the other hand is different in that you're not picking up on the localized what you are actually doing is communicating with spirit and this is where basically you're connected to the internet so rather than talking to somebody in the room you're when you're a medium you're connected to the internet and you're con- you're talking to somebody in spain or, or wherever yeah definitely um, so so to me this i think this is what's never really been discussed is why is psychic different to mediumship 
And I think it, it's because it's almost like a localized consciousness versus a global consciousness. Yeah. yeah. I think it's different, possibly different vibrations or possibly different wavelengths or, or whatever. There is this difference and it must be how our brain is wired or or how we are in that particular status at the time. So, do you know, like when we meditate, we can get deeper and we can pull through a lot of a lot of strong mediumship mm-hmm. uh, messages, communicate with spirit. Uh, but also as well as when you look at people who do remote viewing, they had similar experience, uh, similar exercises in that they would uh, perform a meditation and again, slow down their brainwave to enhance the connection so that they could actually travel these distances in their mind and and, and view these things. So so I, th- I think there is this difference. And, and, and the best way I can explain it is 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 that you're localized. That if you're reading somebody's mind, the only grey area for me is where it borders on prediction. And then you've got to start saying, okay, so what is predicting? If you know what the Zener cards, I know you do, Ian, but if people out there don't know what the Zener cards are, they're the ones where you've got a star, you've got wavy lines, you've got a square, circle. There's six in total. You normally put them face down, you shuffle them, put them face down, and you ask somebody else to predict which card is you you hold up. Usually, you hold up the card, and what the person one person is staring at that card, trying to send the message to the other uh, other person, and psychically they say it's this. So obviously you've got a one in six chance. Now my wife's a very very good uh, psychic. She's very good at that. She get she gets eighty percent if not more. She's very very accurate. So we decided to do a test. So I removed me projecting the image. And what I did is I selected a card, didn't look at it, didn't touch it either. So we can't say that my energy of my um, of my body connected with the card. And yeah. then and then she predicted what that card was. And she was right. It, it, it never went down. Her, her oh, accuracy. Her yeah, accuracy. Yeah. So. So what's that then? Is she if she because she it must be some form of prediction because she's telling me what's going to happen in 30 seconds and minutes time when I turn yeah. that card over. Yeah. But yet my energy is not really connected to that card or, you know, we, we've done it in a particular way. So it has to be some form of prediction. Well, yeah. At first, I thought, is it the what do you call it? Emotional, the love link between the your two of you that sort of conveys what that message is. You know, like, like I say, maybe not your body, but perhaps your mind comes off. She goes, oh, yeah, that uh, I recognize that automatically as being his reaction when it's a wavy line or when it's a triangle when you're looking at a prediction then i do feel it's very 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 much coming over as the fabric of uh, time you know my uh, my guide william always said to me the laws of this universe uh, of our world you know m equals or e equals m uh, mc squared and all of that it's very much a case of it doesn't correlate within spirit world it doesn't have because there's no the fabric's different so there are different laws so maybe that is one sort of thing of coming of coming in and uh, we are uh, guilty i do feel everybody is you know we looking at my uh, at my pc screen i've got a clock in the bottom right hand corner i've got a watch on there's a wall there's a clock on the wall um you know if there's a radio there's always telling the time they're watching the telly or the news channel whatever there's always the time the radio so we are 
fractured into you know 1440 seconds uh, of minutes sorry 1440 minutes I don't know how many seconds it is we are governed by all of that and we narrow our own perception to be either going forward on a you know like a you know in a linear way like a like a train on the track we go forward and think about next week we go backwards and remember the previous week whereas but it always say that you know uh, time whatever it's in a, it's in a 360 degree everywhere you know so we can take a side step say go north northeast or we can go directly east or southeast in a direction and pick up what is happening in a in a fraction of, of a minute because time is going so so damn quick that we can sort of think oh yes I am seeing this and it's almost uh, a case of seeing the future marginally in a fraction of a second or what what seems to us as being 10 or 15 seconds a minute a minute when in essence it's gone because time I do believe will probably travel faster than light so it's here and I think we pigeonhole it rather than what it is. Yeah, I think also as well is we don't don't have a fundamental understanding of how time and space and space time works. Space time yeah. is is very different to what we see mm. uh, or believe. And we look. I, I mean, I'm looking at this uh, uh, as a broad s- scope here. But yeah, if you if you look at quantum physics and quantum physics, believe that uh, with every decision or every change, then that creates another universe or another timeline in which that person's running. So if I just suddenly switched off my laptop now and said, and stopped recording, that might be happening in another universe and those consequences are happening over there. They're not happening here because I'm continuing talking. So yeah. multiple time universes are happening at, at that same time. The interesting thing is what I've always uh, found almost as an explanation is, is you look at some of the very ancient religions and uh, philosophies and it suggests that consciousness is spread through the universe it's aware we are the universe reflecting on itself in that we are living the universe and reflecting back on ourselves and it kind of explains the spirit world in a way in that when we pass away we go back to the consciousness you know yes so but the interesting thing is what we do know about the universe the majority of the universe's life which is God knows how many trillion, 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 trillion years. But but there's an amazing fact that for 99.999999% of its life, the universe will be in absolute darkness. Yeah. This light now, the stars and everything like that, this is only right at the beginning. The universe's time is going to expand, you know, almost for us infinitely. But obviously it has that it does have an end. But the interesting thing is, is when you look at this, is space and time does break down. Time does break down. And there will be a time in the universe when time doesn't exist Mm -hmm. because the whole machination of the whole thing just breaks down. So, again, as you say, we've pigeonholed ourselves to believe that time exists. And therefore, when we're saying what how is prediction working, it comes back down to kind of the quantum theory where that multiple decisions in yeah. if we if we say there's six cards so my wife made six individual decisions five of those were wrong one of those was right yeah and sometimes i'm landing i'm landing 80 percent of the times in the right so she, somehow she's able to you know kind of leapfrog that and we're getting the right answers yeah yeah 
So, it, I mean, I think that kind of explains psychic abilities, is that we are able to connect locally. We're able to pull through a lot of information. And, yeah. and I'd certainly say as well, I mean, we, we've said that some psychics aren't mediums, but some mediums aren't very good psychics. There's some people, you know, mediums who've gone seemingly into it straight away and they're all and they seem I do feel these these are the people who who deal in facts and remember number plates and all that type of thing, but not necessarily wanting to wanting to put over this person loves you. So I feel they have more of a more of a clear audience, you know, hearing rather than it is feeling, you know, maybe they distance themselves on a your feelings level, um, you know, the sort of empathy and bring through bang, 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 you know, you know, which is fine, but you're not getting the whole picture, you know. I mean so i just get the sense here it's the psychic ability that gives you that link into spirit on a much deeper much deeper level i've been moved to tears many many a time you know and it's because of the uh, you know the feeling of that love uh it's just pouring through where i do feel people who go straight to the mediumship which is their choice um sometimes i i wouldn't necessarily say lack you call it empathy but don't push out in that area they're comfortable with where they are so, so I think our conclusion is that, yes, you can be psychic and a medium and you can be a medium and, and be psychic. But um, as we discuss in our course, that you may be a stronger clairvoyant and not yeah. stronger, uh, stronger clairaudient. You know, it, it's, it's how it's how you're. And, and, and let's talk about what shapes these factors as much as anything. It can be that the factors that can make you more. Um, Claire Audient, or it's how you are personality-wise as much as anything. It is. It is. It's how you've been brought up. Uh, looking at how we respond to teaching, you know, be it school, being it in the uh, workplace, a good sort of put over is, you know, you were uh, you were uh, you were stopped at the side of the road in your in your car when you when you're down, or can you can you tell me how to get to so and so, please? Somebody might say, or oh, you go down the road 200 meters, there'll be a red sign. You're right. You turn right there. You go to the traffic light. You turn right. And people who were Claire audience or have a stronger clear audience will remember directions they might even want to write it down hang on i'll do this and they can follow it better because they've been given do this do this do this do this some people will uh, take it on take it on board remember a red sign turn right traffic lights a white pub uh, the bull and dog oh, okay and i turn left there and it's on my right so they'll be looking for these visual cues and other people, you know, though though that sort of thing there really puts over to clairaudience and clairvoyance, but it's how we respond in that workplace. I think people who want to naturally want to help, you know, a good team players and all of that, they I do feel are going to be more empathetic, make a make a good psychic and make a good medium. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And. Um... We did ask for a number of questions out there but that we was doing a um, special podcast on psychic ability. Did we get yeah. any questions at all? Yes, um, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. We had uh, there's there's one question particularly of uh, interest here, and it, it crosses the both I feel, but I I sort of feel that you would be better suited with your knowledge in answering this. And uh, and the question is, um, where does astral travel and remote viewing fit in psychic ability wise? I mean, that is interesting. Myself and Ian can't recommend uh, Scott Rogo, uh, his books, enough. Yeah, Um, yeah. Both the sceptical community and also the believer community find his books very, very approachable. But he does talk a lot about uh, astral projection, Mm -hmm. premonition, psychic ability, mediumship. He delivers the facts to you and then you, you make your own decisions, which I've always been a firm believer of. Yeah, yeah, he does. He writes very well. 
I mean, I mean, from my perspective, because obviously I've read things like The Psychic Warrior, the uh, stories of Ingo Swan and, and Yuri Geller. Now, it, it's my opinion that Yuri Geller is an absolute fraud. Anybody who has any belief that Yuri Geller is some sort of psychic or whatever should actually read James Randi's expose of it because mm. you read into it and, and you, you see that a lot of the experiments where they were doing remote viewing and him predicting that let's say they had six canisters and in one of them there was water and he would predict which one had water in it they were all all of the experiments were utterly not tight enough for science so what they don't tell you in the reports of why you why yuri was so so successful is that literally all his friends and family and his entourage was in the same room while the experiment was being set up so it does give that opportunity that uh, while he's trying to predict, he could be looking up. And if one of his family member winks over a particular canister, then the, wa- the water's in there. Yeah. All of the experiments should have been prepared in a, a blank room with nobody in it apart from the one scientist. And then it should have been brought through. Instead, the, the experiments were set up in front of his family. Yeah. So so his family knew exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that they passed it on, but I think the best thing to do is is, is really just removing uh, remove uh, Yuri Geller from uh, the whole thing. But we can see the experiments of psychic view, uh, of psychic viewing, remote viewing, and we look at things like David Morehouse and Ingo Swan. It's very much like what we've discussed, Ian. It's they had all these training ex- uh, experiences. They they did things like Gansfield, which is a, a, a various experiments to see if not to check psychic ability, but to see how the brain reacts. Yeah. They did things like that. These people were selected because they had or was believed to be very good psychics. And Ingo Swan really stands out as being the real, you know, kind of gem in there yeah. and and he would be given just a set of coordinates then he would be expected to meditate and sometimes these sessions would last between an hour to eight hours wow he would just be sat in the room meditating he would I, and i think this is where this is where my explanation is for you is is that i think there is a visualization comes into play then it's where to imagine ourselves getting to a place we believe that we're astral traveling and that somehow there is you know kind of a see-through space ghost sort of version of ourselves yeah yeah. and i think i think a lot of that is us visualizing this that we are you know kind of astral traveling or we are remote viewing and that there's a version of us there Uh, one gentleman uh, went to venus and I think five years before we actually knew what Venus was constructed of or what was underneath the clouds, the astral projected to Venus and and was stood on the rocky planet and described what it was like. And he saw him himself as kind of a, a, like a see-through ghost walking around. He said he was like astral traveling himself. So I think this is some way of our mental visualization. We, We project this idea that we are traveling there when actually we're kind of mentally traveling there's nothing there we're we're projecting ourselves to a particular area it's my personal belief that if that area has been spy uh, been viewed by anybody who's living then it's recorded in the consciousness yes yes definitely so it is a way of putting that over yeah no absolutely now obviously that kind of throws out the venus idea because nobody's ever been on venus but he was there to project so obviously somehow he was able to do that so that throws that in as a works but i think certainly with earth i think it's far more it's, it's definitely some form of psychic connection because all of the places that they ever went to 
have actually been viewed by human eyes and actually been recorded in the consciousness. So it's actually all of the visualization, all the bump, all the gumph and everything like that. It all comes down to connecting to the local consciousness, what we did before, and your brain is taken to those particular coordinates or particular or name or or something like that. Certainly in Russia, they went further. So people were given a name and then they were able to predict where those people were. So they said, I don't know, Yuri Gagarin or whatever. Yeah. And they said, oh, I can see a room. I can see posters on the wall. I can see a television and I can see a rug and, and that sort of thing. I can see that there's a yellow cup on uh, on the mug, uh, on the floor and that sort of thing. They were 70 percent uh, right. So, again, that suggests that not only can you connect just by coordinates, but you can also connect by people's by people's names yeah, or, yeah. Or, th- or thoughts. So, again, I, I think that's that's psychic. My spirit guide saying, don't forget, there could be some push for mediumship as well there. But anyway, yeah. um, so so I, I, I definitely think that remote viewing and astral travel is is a psychic phenomenon. I don't know what you think of astral travel and um, you know, people well, coming out of their bodies and things. Uh, I've read the uh, Scott Rogo and that. Uh, I have an interest on it, but I've never tried to be doing it. To be to be perfectly honest, it, it, it isn't that it doesn't have interest, but you know, I I just don't feel that I want to push into that area as yet. You know, uh, yeah. I do feel it is. I do feel it is very very possible, though. You know, well, it's more than just possible. I do feel it does uh, happen. You know, where you I- where you. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not an expert on it at all, but I, I know two people who have had um, astral projections, and uh, and I, one of them was um, was in the army, and in the 1960s, I, I didn't know this, and I checked it, and it, and, it, and he was, he was telling the truth, but in the 1960s. Stonehenge was actually protected at night, certainly around the summer solstice by the army. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was up there one night. It was a lovely night, and uh, and basically they had a Land Rover flat roof. So he grabbed his sleeping bag and he thought, "Oh, I'll have a I'll have a sleep uh, on top of a, uh, on top of the Land Rover." And yeah, um, I've done that myself. Yeah, uh, had a sleep on the Land Rover. It was a lovely summer's night. Um, he fell to sleep, and then suddenly he was aware of himself floating above the Land Rover, and he could see his friend having a cigarette walking away. And, and he floated for a while. He was above Stonehenge. And then suddenly he, he dropped and he shook himself out. He was awake. He, interestingly, when he w- turned around, he could see his friends walking off, uh, walking off and he was smoking a cigarette. So yeah. uh, now you could say, well, OK, while he was asleep, he heard a noise of a light being switched on. He thought his friend, mm-hmm. he could hear, sense that. His, I mean, this guy is, uh, I, I mean, I, I knew him for 20 odd years. He's passed away now. But he was a salt of the earth didn't believe in anything like this at all. But he 100% said, that's the only weird experience I ever had. I mm-hmm. don't know how I could explain. Everything was so vivid. He said it wasn't like a, he, he'd never had vivid dreams before, but then he did. Yeah. And then the second example I know was a, a trainee psychologist, a lovely guy. Again, started be, being interested in uh, unusual phenomena because one day he was, he slept on the top bunk and uh, there was plenty of space. He drifted off to sleep. And he woke up and he said he could feel his nose touching the ceiling, the roof. So he opened yeah. his eyes. He kind of panicked and he pushed against the ceiling and realized he was floating. And he and he wasn't. He looked. He turned behind and his body was there. And then suddenly he fell and he, he woke up again. 
So but in both cases, they were out of the body. They saw their own bodies. Yeah. Was it lucid dreaming? Most of them woke up after being asleep for a long time. So I, I kind of think that rules that out. But um, to me, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, again, some sort of form of psychic projection that we think we are floating when actually it's our psychic consciousness that is yeah. kind of exploring, going beyond the auric field, maybe. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, there is the there's the out of body experience, isn't it? You know, again, uh, Rogo talks about it a lot. You know, where people on the operating theatre, you know, they sort of they sort of come they come around and they tell the doctors what uh, what they were talking about, whether it was a joke or whether they talk about the operation and what what equipment they used. Even people sat, you know, family members in the corridor worrying, are they are they you're going to make it? Having news about them, bringing bringing back and saying, yes, this is this is this is what's happened there's there's even cases now where doctors whatever or scientists uh, are leaving notes on top of wardrobes so if That's they do it, come out yeah. they can say mm. oh i uh, i uh, saw your note up there saying boo so it's that type of thing you know what i mean i think it was scott rogo and and some of his team or a so, uh, team that he worked with that actually started placing objects different yeah. objects like um like balls or toy cars you know yeah. kind of really unusual things you wouldn't find in a hospital on top of yes. cabinets yeah and um i think several times people who uh let's say went into uh, cardiac arrest or mm. and and during that time they had an out-of-body experience and, and actually was able to say oh on top of that cupboard there's a so-and-so for some reason <laughs> like, yeah yeah I mean, it's interesting. Again, I, I, it feels to me like it's like a psychic project. It's, it's like a projection of your consciousness and, yes. and how we try to cope with it is that our brain tries to give it an earthly experience. So it tries to imagine that it, it is your whole body that's coming out of your, you know, yes. it, it, like yeah. a ghost version comes out of ourselves. And I, I think it's the way of how our brain copes with it is that it creates these constructs and it's, it's like what I was saying earlier that I think mediumship is a is your modem connecting to the Internet in that where the modem we connect to the spirit world or the consciousness, however you see it, so that when we do see a spirit and in front of us, that that projection has actually been downloaded and it's how our brain uh, interprets that download and then it creates the holographic projection yeah. for us. So it, it so that's why I think psychic ability is very different. Is is mediumship is the downloader and psychic is us watching television. It's just been put into my mind now. You know about deathbed visions when, let's say, mum uh, mum is in the kitchen and then you know the little boy, little girl comes up and says, "How come I've just seen Uncle 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 Frank is in his military uniform?" Oh, and you're thinking, yeah. Uncle yeah. Frank's you know over in over in whatever and then you and then you get a phone call or you know or a telegram whatever to say that the person's passed but you're thinking but they were here and one of my children seen them you know so is uh, is that a form of astral travel i i wonder again if that is and i'm not trying to make it fit any theories but uh, any ideas but i i mean going back many many years there's been this uh, appearance of somebody just before they die and, and there's yeah. a famous story in york about it about uh, brother and sister that the brother appeared to the uh, sister and she and he said uh, he, he said three words uh, which they both said they both believed in it 
if either one of us dies, we've got to project to the other person and say these three words, and we know that the other person is yeah. dead. And the brother turned up and said these words. And But again, it makes me wonder if it's some form of astral projection before we die. The feelings are picked up psychically by, uh, by the oh, other I person. See, yeah, yeah. And that's why they physically see that person. Yes. Because I think most of the cases are that, apart from the York one, I don't know of anywhere there's been multiple witnesses seeing one particular no. person. No, that's like, it. I've not heard of it. Because when Kitchener died, uh, when his boat, uh, when Lord Kitchener died, I think his boat was sank. He appeared to his wife. His wife saw him and she knew straight away he was dead. But there was three other people in the room and they didn't see him. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like a psychic reach out and you are then shown that particular person. So it's like a telephone with a with a TV on it. It's or yeah. Skyping or Skyping where you see somebody in it. It's like the the message is projected to, to you and you construct that it's a human stood in front of you. Do you know, maybe yeah. maybe it's something like that. I don't well, know. Um, yeah. When you were talking there, uh, William, you know, when I was listening to you, William, William said basically very much along the lines of what you've had. He said, you know, it's it's a link to the physical mind and then the mind creates that image in an objective way. Now, um, people who've, who were who reading the course or doing the course, um, you know, that's the mediumship course we have on uh, Udemy. Then you are basically what happens uh, is is an objective clairvoyance is when this communication comes come into the mind spirit wise and the uh, and the your brain thinks oh yeah okay i've got that and it projects an image much like a, a hollow like a hollow like a hologram and we can see it as if we're looking with our physical eyes but nobody else can you know so um it is it's almost a dial in that dial in that brain and that brain creates that image you know as if like i say on uh, star wars you know with princess leah yeah you know yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting that uh, that we that we you know you were you were thinking that, and then William was saying this is how it works, you know. So it's good. I like uh, that. Uh, well, I, th- I think that this is why we work well. We, we you know we both taken two very different paths to get to the same spot. We both have a lot of experience and knowledge. And yes, I am blowing our trumpet here. But yeah, we do. Good. We we do read. We do. You know, we we are we're not just static in our beliefs and you know maybe if some if two or three scientific papers came out or experiments or uh, anybody out there needs to check out the work of Dean Radin is you can see that you know science is getting involved in this and and I know for I know for a fact that myself and Ian that if we saw something and it gave a an alternative explanation um uh, and it kind of tied in with what we said we, we we'd be looking to change our views and looking how oh, that definitely. works and yeah and we, you know we're not fixed and um and again it's one of those things that you know we we think we know some of the answers and we and certainly when it comes to things like psychic ability or time or or time and space works you, you have to keep an open mind and i certainly feel you know we we've not even kind of i mean We've not even explored consciousness yet. I think it's far, far more um, multi-leveled, different than we ever think. And I, I think oh, it's definitely. going gonna, it's, it's to take a million years to get through all that. But uh, but I think when people look back at this time and, and certainly about psychics, I think people will look and, and, and certainly at the moment, science frowns upon psychic ability or mediumship but i i believe that in the future people will see that there was something involved in in mediumship and psychic ability 
I remember it must have been about 10 years ago on BBC Two. There was the scientists were saying it's only a matter of time before we realize that there is a global consciousness, that we are all connected uh, in, in this conscious. I mean, that's 10 years ago. I mean, we must be very close. Yeah. How is that going to change how we interpret psychic ability, how we interpret mediumship, how we interpret interpret what we call energy, and how how is that going to explore forward? So yeah. anybody who does kind of think, well, you know, there's no such thing as psychic ability, there's no such thing as this, that, and the other, I think you really need to keep your options open because I, I think, well, we, we've both talked about this privately, Ian, that yeah. science is moving so quickly into this field and proving a lot of our theories right. It, it's it's only a matter of time before there's some real big groundbreaking ideas. Yeah, and I unfo- really look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only thing I don't look forward to is probably the technology, because we'll probably start communicating <laughs> psychically. Yeah. Isn't it? No, but you know what? Honestly, there's a couple of things there. Uh, William just uh, sort of gave me a gentle uh, nudge saying that's been it for a uh, long time of been saying that uh, science will be, well, will be the uh, saviour of spiritualism and therefore, you know, spirit. Um, but it comes over into a uh, into a situation where uh, where where whereby we can pick up a digital device maybe a phone and speak to our loved ones in uh, spirit you know oh hello how are you how are you today i've had this i've been thinking about you uh, and that's there whether it comes whether we're cyborg and we have these sort of mechanical digital implants we can see it now with vision and hearing you know it's it's helping the brain to remap signals you know that are put over in a similar way to what they would be anyway, i.e. electrical. So I do feel something like that could happen or something I was I was trying not to laugh out, out, laugh out loud, but it was put over as the kiddies TV programme, the tomorrow people, you know, when they held yeah. to the belt and they went, you know, then maybe we can we can we can be sat here thinking, oh, I wonder how so and so is and then pop up in that person's mind very much as a, as as we've linked in with the astral and you know and and they are seeing us as you know, as we're talking to them, it's like it's like they're watching the T V screen, you know, and you oh hello, yeah, all right, how are you? But you get the feelings, uh, you know, feelings, emotions, you get the tangibility if it was real. So so maybe maybe that's in the scope you know yeah absolutely and and i mean they're saying at the moment that there is somebody in this world who um who's been born and they honestly believe that that person will live to a thousand years old yeah and the reason is is bit through technical technical advances um people are talking about uh, how we could possibly record consciousness in some backup storage now we've we've now got I mean, we can all laugh at this and say, "Oh, yeah, we couldn't ever keep consciousness and, you know, on a on a USB stick or anything like that." But, you know, you you imagine it was only ten years ago that the biggest USB stick uh, that you could get was probably I don't know five hundred meg, if that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you now you now get a terabit. You now get we we are. I, I was reading the other day about how uh, how the mem how memory uh, for computers has literally doubled every three yeah. years every three oh, easy, years I think yeah, it is. easily well so we are we're there where we could actually and and personally i don't fancy staying in a computer monitor for the rest of for no, eternity no. but i don't know it's it's really interesting where it's going it's quite scary as well but yeah i think all the way through this what we've got to also say is is spirit is also here as well so you know there's, there's reasoning why things are happening there are going to be big changes happening over this next 10 years, not just through climate change, but also through other developments. Yeah. And 
you know spirit spirits here for everybody um, yeah so. i do feel we're we are within you know within this uh this 21st century i uh, i do feel we're uh, gonna uh, colonize mars colonize the moon uh reaching out there you know i i, I do feel it's i do feel it's going to happen you know certainly not in my lifetime but uh, when uh, when the your senses but you never you know i could uh, i could go back and be a captain on space 1999 you know but um i I firmly believe we are going to search out into the uh, universe. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Right, I uh, let's call this at the end. I hope yeah. everybody's in, enjoyed enjoyed this. We're branching out more about to talk about psychic ability, mainly driven by you that you you want our sorts of feedback and feelings about uh, uh, psychic ability. If you've got any questions or anything like that, please let us know. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Martin. And thank you to everybody who uh, listens and uh, supports the uh, podcast. It really is nice. And uh, yeah, it's just good having nice, nice chats about this, Martin. Excellent. Well, thank you very much again, Ian. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please leave us a, a review. And thank you for all the people who have left us reviews. Um, that's been really nice of you to do that. Thank you very much. And yeah. uh, so this has been Mediums in Action with yep. me, Martin Lit Wilson, and Ian Doherty. Bye bye.